Securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor member, FINRASIPC. Good morning, America. Dennis O'Brien, president of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group. Welcome to the Retirement Life and Investment Show here on 94.9 FM. Actually, my full name is Dennis James Patrick Michael O'Brien, and I'm president owner and operator of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group in Mystic, down from Stake Loft and the Taylor Realty Building next to the big gas station off exit 90. It's so hokey, right? Next to the big gas station and stuff like that. So, Dennis, why do you have three middle names? (laughs) Glad you asked. My dear departed mother, Eileen, God bless her, wanted for my confirmation name to be Patrick. But I wanted Michael. So we were button heads even when I was 10 or 11 years old. Anyway, I, I my, my baptismal name was James. So it was Dennis James. So we never really worked it out. So I always goof around with the, you know, with five names and whatnot. Anyway, when I was very young, I went to a girl's house to pick her up. And her mother asked me my name, so I playfully gave her all five names. Dennis, James, Patrick, Michael O'Brien. Now she paused, looked at me with her eye grin, and without missing a beat, she said, wouldn't that look nice on a wedding invitation? Well, I was very young, and I was stunned. I was at, rarely, I went at a loss for words, but I was at a total loss for words. I turned white and backed out of the kitchen very slowly. The girl still wonders why I never called again. Anyway... That was what happened back then. Anyway, back to uh, the dramatic events of this week, uh, we, which have, I think, huge implications for um, what's going on in the markets and whatnot. And um, I don't think people have really caught on to what is happening and why the market is rallying the way it is and what it means for all of your portfolios out there. I've been uh, extremely busy. I'm back down to 4% cash. I have put a lot of money in this week. And the reason I put a lot of money in this week is a couple of reasons. I've been waiting for two things to happen. I've been waiting for the Federal Reserve to back off, and they have. And the second thing, which I believe is going to start to happen, is the Chinese have indicated that they want to negotiate that they will buy in the next six years a trillion dollars worth of our goods. Well, that's only half the pie. The other pie is uh, the other part of the pie is we want make sure that our um, intellectual property is protected. All right, because they always require people to go in joint, and then the joint would take the property, and all of a sudden there'd be duplicates everywhere. Blah 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 blah. Because they were thieving and lying through their state em- enterprises. Okay, but they did indicate that they do want to play ball and they want to start negotiating. And that is huge. And the market started rallying. Now, the Chinese are starting to, uh, they're hurting a bit. Something called the Baltic Dry Shipping Index is something that uh, any pro in the business will watch. And it basically measures the uh, shipping rates. And shipping rates are simply supply and demand. And the Baltic Dry Shipping Rates into China have fallen quite a bit, which means their economy is softer and they're not um, bringing in or sending out as much stuff as they were. 
So you could tell that um, they're hurting. I don't know if they have negative growth, but I think they're close to it if they don't have negative growth. So I think they realized that uh, the administration meant business. And so finally, they're coming to the table. And I think the market sensed that something really big is dramatic is happening there. And so um, the markets rallied very, very strongly. How strongly? Well, if you recall, on Christmas Eve, uh, we had a market bottom where only four for every four stocks up, 100 were down, 0.04 on the buy-sell BSR index I've been talking about. Guess what the buy-sell ratio this week is? As of Friday, it closed at 1.27. So it went from four stocks positive to 127 stocks positive per 100 negative. It's huge swing. Once it goes over 1.1, that is a huge positive index. All, everything's flashing green. The soldiers are coming back onto the field. The reason I'm telling you this is that if you wait for confirmation from uh, the big Wall Street firms and everyone else, you're going to be late, okay? I am telling you right now, this week was critical. We may back off. We may correct a little bit. But the trend is your friend here. Everything's reading positive. I am in, and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this Chinese thing to break, and I think it's starting to break. So the Fed has backed off. That is huge. And the the uh, interest rates are flat. The curve is up a little bit, but it's not um, inverted, which is, which is positive. And with the buy-sell ratio going to a solid positive area, the soldiers are coming back onto the field. I think we go up much, much higher from here. And if we do get a final uh, trade deal with the Chinese, I think we'll see a melt-up. I don't know the order. I don't know if it'll be 20 or 30%, but I could see us melting up to 30,000 over the next year. So get ready. I'm not telling you I know what's going to happen. All I can tell you is what the math and the algorithm tells me internally. And it gets me through these markets much better. And it it's very good for helping me um, stay the course and stay steady through through this whole thing. So um, many of you have moved mark money. You've told me you've moved money into the money market funds in November, December. Please reverse this. I have a couple of weeks gone from to four percent cash, and back into my income ETFs and indexes and growth. So go see me if you need a shot of bravery. This is not easy. We have Sam on the line from Westerly. How are you, Sam? Good morning, Radio Free New England. How are you? <laughs> Better than I deserve. Good, good. What's on your mind? Uh, how's the old philosophy go? You know, buy on the rumor, sell on the confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news? Yeah, that's sell on the confirmation. Sell on the confirmation. Yeah, I haven't heard it that way, but but uh, a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, GD's starting to head back up. You happy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Re- recover my market loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the key thing is with a company like that, and it's a great, great company. Is you just when when you get knocked down like this, you can see that it's just better not to turn, just not look at it. 
you know? Because if you Don't look at it wrong. every day, you get aggravated, and you wake up in a bad mood one morning, you'll do something dumb and sell it in right. the 150s, you know? Throw it in a drawer forget about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anything else on your mind? That's it for the moment. All right, talk to you later. God bless you. Bye-bye, man. Yeah, Sam's right, you know, uh, uh, just just ignore it, keep keep doing what you got to do, and uh, uh, we'll talk about some other market movement things we'll um, we'll be doing in the next uh, in the next few weeks. Some of the things I've also done this week, I'll let you know about. If you'd like my retirement Ten Commandments or set up an appointment, go to uh, www.obrienretire.com. I'm sorry, I'm a little uh, slower today because I uh, got a tooth pulled on Monday and. Uh, an infection, antibiotics, and then a cold. <laughs> but I, well, like my Norwegian princess said, I went to work every day no matter what. So uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. And uh, thanks for listening to the Retirement Life and Investment Show on 94.9. Thanks. Welcome back to Retirement Life and Investing Show with Dennis O'Brien as I'm drinking my second coffee trying to wake up and sound alert this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Our number here is 860-464-9490. If you have a question, not a hard question because I'm not quite 100%, but I'm running at a solid 78% maybe. I don't know. Anyway, many of you moved money into the money market funds uh, during this recent market crash. Please reverse this. I've seen, I've gone in a couple of weeks down to 4% cash in my portfolios and back into my income ETFs and growth. So if you need a shot of bravery, give me a ring. I just said that in the last section. This is not easy stuff. I've started building a bigger position in the all gas ETF indexes as China recovery will help dramatically. I remember the market discounts this six to nine months before. So you can't wait to get the news on the CNBC airwaves. You have to be early. So... Oil and gas have been creamed. I'm watching it very carefully. Cannabis was creamed, ran up last week um, off the lows, maybe 30%. I think it's going, I think it's going higher. Uh, the news is just going to get better and better and better in cannabis. The way to play that is don't buy, I don't believe in buying the individuals because uh, who, you know, I, I, I just think you should buy the whole index, the whole industry. So, uh, you know, take a look at there. I'm also starting to build positions in General Electric, which I've talked about over the last few months. I finally pulled the trigger in the mid-high eights, low nines now. And I think under uh, the tutelage of Larry Culp, who was a 5%er, Hall of Famer, top 5%er, I think he's going to help our net worth grow. So uh, putting some money in there, too. So keep an eye on that, too. And if you feel the same way, let me know and everything else. Money blunders that can help you from becoming rich. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, there's an article on the CNBC.com website. Occasionally, one, one out of maybe 50 of their articles uh, piqued my interest. They're rich, just like us. Well, not exactly. If you analyze the habits of wealthy people, some trends begin to emerge. First, they don't follow the pack, whether it's a fad investment or panicking during a market sell-off. <clears throat> 
secondly, they work at becoming successful every day, and it doesn't have to take hours of their time. Okay? So you really don't notice it from day to day, month to month, or even year to year, but after many years, the change is obvious. Daily habits can include increasing your knowledge by going to school, attending seminars, picking the brains of mentors. They can also develop and affect your skills by practicing them and cultivating relationships with successful people. Okay? The greatest asset to own is your own abilities. While we all make mistakes, there are a few that the super rich generally don't make. Errors cost money, and while wealthy people may have a lot of that, they certainly don't want to lose it like anybody does. So number one, the five mistakes that may be preventing you from getting rich. Doing it yourself. Stock market drops, as we saw in December, when major indexes all go down and you don't know what to do or you, you worried you'll get burned, you don't have time to spend a few hours a day tracking the market, the cost of a good financial advisor is well worth the investment. And so they go on and on and on about different advisors and everything else. But some big bulk of paying the fee, you know, yeah, we charge you, sorry. Uh, but the returns on the money over the years will be well worth that amount, stopping you from making mistakes. And sometimes I'll yell. I'll say, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> and sometimes, most of the time, people are pretty good. And I, I really, really, really get any pushback. But occasionally, you know, you've got to have a come-to-Jesus moment. Uh, not diversifying. The average investor may have stocks and bonds. But remember, Enron, remember Enron. Many employees of this energy giant bought the company's sales, sales so much, they put all their retirement savings in the stock. And when the firm went belly up, so did all their savings. So be, be aware that if you work for a company, um, if the company is a good company and you, you feel comfortable with it, try to keep it at 25 to 35% of the 401k. Try not to go over that, okay? Some of you are real aggressive and made a lot of money in some of these uh, SSIP accounts locally uh, with general dynamic stock and everything else. But just bear in mind that you want to uh, diversify also and be aware of that. Um, the other, the other appealing factor that draws a lot of wealthy investors to real estate is another way of uh, ultra-diversifying. And uh, you can rent it out, source of income. I prefer to buy the real estate investment trusts. Uh, I buy the index. I get uh, 9 or 10% current payout. It has the risk of an investment, but it's liquid. It trades all over the place because it's on the exchanges, but it's liquid. So I get I, I buy the cow for the milk. I want the income flow, and I and I get it from that. So, and of course, if you have income flowing in, you're not as worried when the stock market goes down because you have uh, income to uh, cushion the blow a little bit. So most families have real estate holdings because it offers recurring revenue, tax benefits, and creates equity. It also puts less pressure on the stock portfolios to perform. The ultra wealthy don't get caught up in the latest feds like Bitcoin. And we talked about cryptocurrencies back, uh, I think, probably almost a year ago. It was it was an interesting uh, thing. It's come all the way down. Everybody hates them now. There's rumors Russia's putting money into Bitcoin. Who knows what the heck's going on there? If, if it turns out to be a legitimate, legitimate um, investment category down the line, you'll know about it. But uh, right now, they, they tend to stay away from fads and everything else. What accounts is having a philosophy you stick with and understand you're in it, and you forget about doing things that you don't know how to do, Warren Buffett says. So stick to what you know, and don't get caught up in following the herd mentality uh, like a lot of people do by reading the financial uh, pages and whatnot. 
Wealthy investors are patient and don't necessarily think about short-term returns. You know, this is this is really the key um, uh, because there are times when short-term returns are terrible. It's just part of being in the stock market, part of being an investor versus a saver. But many most people don't sit down and actually plan out how they're going to invest their savings over the next 20 years. The wealthy do. They just don't wing it. So it's about making money for themselves. It's about creating generational wealth that can benefit their children and beyond. Instead of just, um, you know, just buying in uh, for the living room, they'll spend extra money for art they can appreciate. They join clubs and organizations, so relationships will offset the fees, even if they don't realize it for several years. This demands foresight, estate planning, and patience. So you see the time horizon for, the, for, for people that think differently like the wealthy, before they're wealthy, sometimes their timelines are much, much longer than the average person. Remember we talked about tortoise and the hare? You know, the hare's jumping around from this to that, trading on E-Trade and the latest hot thing and acting like, you know, computer screens on their desk and they think they're captain of the Star Trek Enterprise or something. Um, where where the, uh, the tortoise is a steady planner, thinks out years ahead, steady as she goes, thinking in different terms. Panicking. The volatile stock market may make you want to run for cover because the rich are in it for the long term. They don't generally panic. It's also, you know, anxious investors receive anxiety. Confrontational people are always engaged in some form of conflict. Meanwhile, optimistic people experience more positive outcomes. Over a lifetime, this becomes a habit, and you often find that wealthy people who are happy got that way because they were optimistic as opposed to being optimistic because they got very wealthy. And I've seen people actually get wealthy and become less optimistic because they're worried that people are only friends with them because they're wealthy. So the really smart ones don't show it. And so their friends are their friends and, and they keep to themselves and don't flash it. And they have more of a normal life and stay away from the predators out there. And uh, if you don't think there's predators out there, just ask an NBA pro athlete or an NFL pro athlete where they estimate 60 to 70 percent of them after three to five years after they get out of the sports and they could have making tens of millions of dollars. And some, many of them are broke. They don't know who to trust. They don't know what to do with the money. Uh, they trusted the wrong people. They went into bad investments. Their friends brought to them, blah, 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 blah. So um, uh, the smart ones tend to be optimistic. They don't flaunt it, and they keep everything on the down low, and, and they're quiet about it or whatnot. So the power of the network, I, want, I just want to talk about that a minute, because one of the things I try to do in the business is many of the things I'm doing during the day have nothing to do with money uh, in a, in a you know, roundabout way. People come to me with all these sort of situations, and I love trying to help if I can. You know, Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Um, this week alone, these are the situations that came to me. <laughs> this is my life, guys. This is part of it. A client got hit on the Gold Star Bridge, needed an attorney, asked me about one, and I have, gave them a thumbs up, and I think he'll do a great job. Uh, she had major damage headwise, so hopefully the neurologist can help her. So um, they got referred to an attorney, but they called me and said, what do you think? And I, I thought the person was very, very good and gave a thumbs up, and they, they felt better after that. So, um, yeah, client uh, coming home from, not Longhorn, the other one, the Texas Roadhouse, 6.30 at night, far left lane, Gold Star Bridge, heading northbound, 
They were getting off on 184, so they were going about 65. A young man going about 85, Rhode Island plates, rear-ended them right on the bridge. And and tre- tremendous collision, tremendous collision. So um, I don't know if the young man was texting or what he was doing, but um, you know, the the wife the wife was hurt, you know, and uh, as, as having serious dizzy spells. So it's critical to get an attorney right away, roll out the insurances, get the police report, make sure it's accurate. Always check that police report on accidents. Sometimes they're accurate, sometimes they're not. So you got to let them know right away if you see inaccuracies on the on the, on the report. An insurance agent asked if I would call a client up in Plainfield area that had lost his wife and her Social Security and was having trouble paying the bills and remembering. He was living now on his own Social Security, and I think he was having trouble. I called 5 p.m. that day overnight and then thought about it overnight, and the next morning I referred to Senior Resources of Eastern Connecticut group that's in the Norwich Industrial Park, and they help seniors. I gave him the number. I said, call them, because he is going to need a knowledgeable social worker to help him. So, you know, this is part of the, this is part of the thing you try to help if you can or, or refer them to the person they need um, because he's going to need help paying the bills. He may need some help financially. I think he's uh, having a tough, tough time, and he may have memory issues too because he's older. So, um, you know, if this is something that, uh, you know, if you can help, basically you want to. A couple other situations I'll run through on the next uh, turnover. If you'd like my Retirement Ten Commandments or like to make an appointment, go to O'BrienRetire.com, hit the magic button. We're more than happy to help you. And um, if you'd like to call in on the next segment, we're going to go to commercials in a, in a minute or two here. But um, our number here today is 860-464-9490. We'll be back in a few. Thanks. Retirement Life and Investing Show here on 94.9 News Now. Hope everybody's well. My name is Dennis O'Brien. I'm president, owner, and operator of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group, located down from Stake Loft at Exit 90 in the Taylor Realty Building. Hope everybody's doing well today. And uh, I was just talking about how sometimes you uh, can help people with the network you have uh, get to the right person at the right time. Talked about a client that got hit in the Gold Star Bridge, asked me about an attorney, had a name, and I said, yeah, very, very good. Insurance agent asked me if I would call a man up in Plainfield who lost his wife, lost lost her Social Security, was living on just his, having trouble with memory, older. And I got him to the Senior Resources of Eastern Connecticut in the Norwich Industrial Park and uh, get him to a good social worker. Another client prospect is looking to sell some developed land to supplement their retirement savings. I referred, I referred them to a pro to, who will take the time to find out how to do this in an efficient yet sensitive manner. Um, real estate's tricky, undeveloped land, developed land. Um, you need a pro to help you with that. There's a lot of ins and outs, uh, town approvals, 
talking to developers. If you're a civilian talking to a develop developer, please, please, please get 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 a pro to help you. And if you need a name, please let me know and I'll help you get one. Another interesting one: uh, client prospect. Uh, the spouse had a seizure, memory issues. Uh, out on disability, and it might need care in a facility if um, if things keep progressing. I have a Title 19 expert, uh, Michelle, who uh, is now on the case to help the client uh, fill out the forms if needed and how to take her through the Social Security disability issues and everything else. Uh, Michelle's very, very good, has done hundreds of these cases, used to work for an attorney, but does it cheaper than the attorney. <laughs> she was actually the one that did all the work. So um, um, I like her a lot. I trust her, and uh, I think she'll be able to help this person out a lot. So uh, it's an area that um, is very specialized, very detailed. The rules are changing with the state of Connecticut all the time. If you don't do it right, it can literally cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you need someone that gets all everything lined up in a row, even if it's five years ahead of time. So it's very, very important to have someone to help you in that area and whatnot. Also, a very interesting thing in in house here with me. Uh, I st- I started looking at our in house um, mutual fund, the Dreyfus Insured Mutual Fund we use for our, my uh, money market funds, and they they've put an interesting wrinkle on it. The FDIC insurance goes up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars per person, five hundred thousand dollars per couple. Okay, so you put your money in a local bank. If something happens to the bank, you're insured up to those amounts, two hundred fifty. For an individual, five hundred thousand for a couple. Well, the Dreyfus insured money market has figured out a way to go to ten different banks. So if something somebody's really wealthy and wants FDIC insurance, a couple can literally within that money market fund have five million dollars worth of FDIC insurance because they overnight the banks are linked and they running in and out of ten different banks. This is the power of technology. I mean, I, I'm an old goat, right? I've been around 30, 39 years, and this is unheard of. You know, uh, you, we have guys in town here really well off, and they run to ten or twelve different banks, rolling over CDs, keeping it under the FDIC insurance maximums. Well, in the money market fund that you know all these accounts have, it's it's part of the uh, it's part of the deal where they can you know max it out up to that amount, which is like kind of amazing to me that this can happen, but uh, it's part of it and whatnot. Uh, Monday is Martin Luther King Day. Uh, a lot of people are off, so that means we're open because that's when people want to make appointments on their day off. So uh, my friend Susan, who has a blog at www.susankinsman.com, she wrote something that kind of moved me when I heard it um, the other today, talking about Martin Luther King Day a little bit. But she, on her blog, she talked about she heard a story um, Monday afternoon, and it was still in her mind about a man named Charles Greenlee. He was a black Florida man who was falsely accused 70 years ago, along with three other young black men, of raping a 17-year-old girl. He spent more than a decade in prison for a crime he'd never committed and lived the rest of his life in the shadow of that judgment. He died at 78 in 2012, seven years after the state of Florida pardoned him. So he died, and seven years later, posthumously, they they pardoned him. But as Susan recounts, the most memorable part of the story for her and me is his lack of bitterness. According to his daughter, Carol Greenlee, 
Her father once said to her, Carol, stand up and look behind you. And as long as you're looking behind you, you can't see opportunities in front of you. You can't move forward in a positive way if you are doing something that's only going to help you leave it alone. So, you know, I look back, we all look back often. Susan comments that she looks back often searching for what she could have done or change or improve. In some instances, she examines inconsequential when compared to what Charles Greenlee could have spent his life brooding over trying to erase. He chose to cast aside his anger, angst, frustration, as well as the discrimination, oppression, and imprisonment imposed upon him. He chose to look forward. Okay? And Susan recounts that if she'd like to do that in her life, to let go of past perceived injustices against me, to move on from mistakes she's made, instead of continually reliving them, to unload the bad and look for the good. When you choose to look, let go of the burdens you carry from the past, you'll be free to fully experience and embrace the future. And this is words by Susan Kinsman. Very, very wise words. It's on our on blog called Thoughts on www.susankinsman.com. She's an excellent author. I advise you to go check it out. Now, these are words to live by, and these are my own words. These are words to live by in the way I try to live now. Bad things are going to happen to you, okay? In America, fortunately, 90% of the things that are going to happen to you are going to be good. 10% are going to be bad. You know, I know I'm throwing that out. If you're in a war zone in Syria... 90% of the things are going to be bad and only 10% good. Okay? So depending on where you are in the world, the rule of law, the, the, um, the happenstance you're born in, you know, starvation, uh, maybe you're in, a, in a, a tough place in Africa or in Asia. Okay? But in America, I believe 90% of things are going to hap- are, are good to you, are going to be good. Tens percent are bad. Now I know there's children. That's not the way it is in their homes and whatnot. So, I think bottom line is I think we all need to pray and believe in God and have put the past behind us because it's the only way to live. You know, I call the chair in front of my desk where you come in and sit. The no judgment zone. I deal mostly in financial mishaps that you've made and you tell me about, but. Try to pray to forgive and forget and to move on and look down the road where you're heading. Bitterness, defeat, anger, they're all tools to keep you from being the truly wonderful person you can be. One person summed it up about being an American this week. We were talking about Martin Luther King Day and slavery and the the past we've had in this country and everything else. And we've made many mistakes as a country, but we discuss them all the time. We fight, we argue. We disagree, we agree, we hug, we get mad. But one thing we do, we always try, we are always trying to move ahead. Are we successful all the time? Do we make missteps? Absolutely. But in this country, we do something very unique that doesn't happen in most countries, okay? <laughs> we argue it out. We get together, we have it out, and we don't always agree, but we all, I think, common thing is is we root for people to succeed we root for the underdog we don't so much admire the person that's had a charmed life and never had anything happen to them <laughs> me personally i root for the person that stumbled had a hard time something bad happened to them and they just rose up 
looked back and said, I'm done with you and have moved forward. So if you're ready to do that, if you're ready to look forward and forgive yourself or your spouse or anybody or your parents or anybody who's done you wrong or your old friends and ready to move forward and want to start from here on now in your financial life to move on, you know, please give me a ring and we'll try to help you get going from this point on because there's nothing we can do about the past except learn from it and move on from there. So if you'd like, come into my office, give me a ring. My office number is 860-415-9614. My email is dobryan at ifgrr.com. Or you can go to my website, obryanretired.com. And we'll try to get you on that path to, um, to the future. And more importantly, teaching your children and grandchildren how to get ahead and do it in, in the right way. The point is not to be wealthy. The point is to be well-balanced and have a happy, positive existence. We'll be back in a few. Thank you. Life and investing show. Chris is laughing at me because I'm pulling mics out of the socket. And I told him, I said, Well, I ran out of notes. I'm really uh, done for this day here. I'm just uh, making it up from here on now. <laughs> so, and anyway, I had a, I had lunch with, not lunch, I had breakfast with my uh, a CPA on Thursday, right? Friday, Thursday, whenever. And uh, I was talking to him and I said, Can I write this off? Can I write that off? And he said, He said, Tell people on your radio show that they are still writing the regs. So, like, you know how they say, okay, this is deductible and that's deductible? They are still writing the regs. Half the CPAs in the country are still having to go to seminars because they haven't finished writing the regs, especially for the self-employed, you know. Pretty much a lot of you are going to be able to take the standard deduction and go, you know, boom, done. And it'll be a lot easier for a lot of people, Okay. But if you're self-employed and you have business and you have expenses and blah, they're still writing the regs and stuff like that. So I th- I think meals and entertainment are, are, are deductible, but I'm not really sure. So we're we're waiting to hear all this. So it's 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 actually actually quite incredible, you know, um, the the changes that are going on. I also read, and I'm winging it right now, so bear with me. Homes in Greenwich, Connecticut are down 14%. Um, wow, Greenwich, Connecticut. What's going on here? You know, and I think it has to do with New York City has softened, Greenwich has softened. I think it's because of the new tax act where they're limiting the deductions on um, mortgage interest and taxes combined to $10,000 a year, which is not very much. You don't get a lot of house with a mortgage deduction and taxes of $10,000 limit. So I think a lot of people, I think it's depressing the demand for, for homes when you, you can't deduct uh, the bigger mortgage payment. So I think it's an issue and everything else. 
But tax season's now upon us. You're going to start getting your forms. Keep an envelope. Put everything in there, okay? A lot of you try to do your taxes yourself. One advice I can give you this year is please go to a pro this year. If you need um, a low-cost pro, a medium-cost pro, or a really high-level pro, let me know, and I'll try to send you to the right person depending on the complexity of your situation. But please, please, please refrain from using the computer programs this year. Because I think you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to amend it and, and amend it. And in some cases, you may have to file a little late this year. So just bear in mind, I think everybody should go to a pro this year. I, I firmly believe in that. But tax season's upon us. So you're going to collect your various forms, your W-2s, your 1099s. It does become apparent, as one of the things I tell people is, is reducing the number of providers and getting a consolidated statement is a big help in reducing the time it takes your CPA enrolled agent to prepare your tax return. Of special importance are your various IRAs and 401ks still at separate custodians. Consolidation may ease the complexity of tracking beneficiary designations, RMT requir- RMD requirements, and yet more 1099s. So com- start to combine things. Many times people come in, they have four or five old 401ks, IRAs, Roths, everywhere, if you can combine them in one place with me or with whoever you choose, it will simplify things. You'll still get separate 1099s, but they may come in the same envelope if the address is the same, and it will make things a lot easier and to track everything and whatnot. So I can help you consolidate and give you online access at www.brianretired.com so you're up to date at all times. So some of the questions, you know, that might trigger you to do this are, do you receive multiple 1099s that make tax, tax preparation a headache? Have you attempted to do your own taxes or do you use a professional? On your 1040 return, is the number in your box eight low because of low rates on CDs, savings, and money market funds? They redid the form, so the box eight, this was written a year or two ago, so it may not be box eight anymore. So, But you know, keep an eye on the CDs and money market fund. Do you let your dividends interest accumulate or do you take a monthly check? You know, some people let it accumulate and take some money out when they buy a car or whatnot. Some people want the interest in dividends, um, like another pension, ACH'd into their bank checking account for immediate spending and access. So depending on what your needs, your age, your income level, uh, we can set it up either way you want. Do you find yourself spending principal because of increasing bills and taxes? I'm seeing a lot of this with you all in your mid-late 70s where you kept the money in the bank, in the money market fund. You started dipping into principal. It's going down. You're coming in going, I'm really nervous. I need to generate more income, okay? So that's one of the things we'll try to do, you know, but we have to do it in a way that's measured and as risk-adverse as possible. But it can be done in a reasonable way. So, you know, if you if you go from 1% to 7% in terms of dividend flow, now the 7%, they're investments and they can go up and down, okay? So it's not the same as 1% in the bank. But if you're trying to not dip into principal and you're trying to keep up inflation, you know, this may help you. So give me a ring and maybe we can help you. This was written a year or two ago. Will the low rates on deposits ever rise again? Well, the money market rates at the banks have gone up a little bit, all right? 
I think the Dreyfus insured is paying uh, 1.4, 1.5, 1.6. It you know goes, you know, it's been trending upward as the Fed has increased rates. Now the Fed's done from now. I think we're going to see stabilization. I don't think they're going to go down. I don't think they're going to go up. I think we're going to be stable for the next year or two. But we don't. You are getting a little more on your on your uh, money market funds than you were. Now, as life expectancy increases, should you focus on reducing inflation risk, even if it means potentially more investment risk? You know, this is jargon. Sorry about it. But basically, many of you are <laughs> come in and you tell me, you go, I never expected to live this long. And I don't know how to react to that. I'm glad you're still with us. But, you know, uh, you're running out of money. Let's talk about it. How can we lower your expenses? raise your income and see if we can get a balance or, you know, a reasonable situation and everything. It may mean you take in more risk, okay? But at the same time, if we do it in a prudent, careful, um, diversified way, it may help your money live a little longer and let you relax a little bit, okay? How much money should you leave in the bank for emergencies? I get that one a lot, okay? Some people come in and they have... $2,000 a month expenses. Some of you come in, you have $8,000 a month expenses. Okay? It's amazing. I've seen people come in with 12, with six. Everybody has a different lifestyle, different taxes on the house, car payments, you know, depending on how, how careful they've been with debt. Some of you even have mortgages in retirement, which I frown upon, but, you know, you maybe have another couple of years on it or whatnot. So the, the answer to that question is how much should you money should you leave in the bank? Well, you should leave, I believe, you know, three to six months, okay? Ramsey says, I believe he says six to 12 months if you're being super, super conservative. Well, let's just say five months because the math is easy. So if your expenses are six grand a month, five times six is $30,000 should be in the bank at all times. The other thing is really good about having money in the bank or money in a super safe money market, you know, that you can have access. This is apart from your checking. This is your emergency money, okay? Linked to checking, but it might be in a savings account, money market at the bank. When the market goes down a lot, okay, if you have this money, safe money apart side, or you have all your money in the market, who's going to react probably worse? <laughs> The person who didn't keep a safety zone is probably going to panic and hurt themselves. And the person who has the safety margin is probably going to weather it okay and go, hey, we'll pass. And even if it goes down, you know, a few thousand dollars, whatever, depending on the principal, might go down $100,000. I can weather it because I know I have this money over here. So having that, and I think, you know, Warren Buffett, I talk about him a lot, but one of the reasons Warren Buffett never panics and is willing to step in when the market gets creamed is because of the Geico and the other insurance operations, his float goes 50, 60, 70, $80 billion is sitting there in float from the insurance payments that haven't had to go out to be paid, but the premiums are coming in. And him always having that float has made him an extremely patient, wise, and great investor through the years. Okay, so you know, follow follow brains. The, the, you know, if you read their stuff, they'll tell you what to do. You just have to be willing to listen, open your mind up to be a continuous learner. 
Now, let me talk about continuous learning one more time because it just spots something I read this morning. I like Microsoft a lot because the new chairman has woken that company up. Um, I forget his name. It just escaped me. But the guy is brilliant. Last five years, he's taken Microsoft from being an old, stodgy name. And as one kid told me, he's made them cool again. And one of the things he's done is he read a book by a Stanford professor. And the book basically said you're either static in terms of your growth and you know it all, or you are a continuous learner and always looking to learn more and more and more and, you know, uh, willing to accept new ideas and even fail. And he had a, gave an example where Microsoft went into a Twitter type of account called Twad or whatever the stupid name was. And they closed it down 16 hours later and told all the people, don't worry about it. We learn from it. Keep taking risks. Keep learning. I don't mind you taking risks and failing. And I think Elon Musk tells his people that. And the good ones tell their people, it's okay to take risks. It's my job to contain the risk and whatnot. So be a continuous learner. Always try to keep learning. Uh, if you need reading materials, I have a lot of Dave Ramsey books in my office. I'm more than happy to borrow them and take them. And uh, please bring them back so I can give them to someone else, especially the young for the young couples. Anyway, if you'd like my Retirement Ten Commandments or like to set up an appointment, go to O'BrienRetire.com, hit the magic button, or call my office at 860-415-9614. If you call my office, it goes to my cell phone. Chances are I will not pick up because I get so many of those stupid phony phone calls. So just leave a message, make sure you do, and I'll make sure I call you back. Uh, sometimes I'll pick up the phone and go, hello, Dennis O'Brien. <laughs> like, and then, you know, and then it's one of these stupid warranty uh, recordings or something, and I bang the phone down. I guess we all do it, but in any case, hope everybody has a great week. We've got a little weather coming in tomorrow, so please be careful on the roads and get all your shopping done today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>